0: How do I balance showing empathy and humility, but still keeping my masculinity? Welcome to the Real Talk Recovery Podcast with the Therapy Brothers. We're brothers, we're therapists, and we know recovery. Bring your stories, your questions, your successes with real recovery.
1: um I, t- I talk about this all the time and I think it's important for us to kind of flush this out so um but before we do I gotta say um I'm really excited for Christmas because a certain someone drew my name so <laughs>
0: <laughs> and <laughs> yeah yeah I'm I'm usually not the one who's famous for giving the best gifts in the family I think you are and Rex is our brother oh, Rex I is say like I am but anytime, anytime Rex gets your name drawn, then you're pretty happy. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think you drew me a couple years and I got some great gifts. So, and then a couple yeah. years I didn't Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> tell, you, tell you what you, you hooked me up last year because you, I, you know, you had me last year and you gave me a new pair of hiking boots and it was, they were awesome. Yeah, good. So, I'm
1: glad you like them. Yeah. So I'll
0: just, I'll just let you know that I, I went a little bit. Uh, I was proactive this year and I'm pretty happy and excited about it. So, oh. hopefully it'll yeah, hopefully it'll be something you well, like. Well, hey, I hope you know like you just give me a smile and
1: a good episode on the Real Talk Recovery <laughs> podcast and that's all I want.
0: <laughs> all right, man. Well, then then you got the smile right now. So, let's bust and, out uh, the episode. Yeah, let's let's get the episode going here. Let's get let's get moving. So, um so today it's just me and you Brandon, but this is a question that comes all the time through my practice i'm sure you run into it the same thing i actually just had a pretty spirited like discussion and almost a debate in one of my men's groups this week around this question and so here's let me let me set it up for you it's this idea that when say we're working with a man who has betrayed his wife on one hand when they come into recovery they're flooded with messages like You need to stay humble you need to cultivate a soft heart you need to show godly sorrow you need to be able to develop the skill of empathy um and and that's hard that's a hard thing to do when shame is ruling your life and then on the other side they're receiving a message that's But but tyler i want to get to the other
1: side what you're saying is basically like you know what be kind be humble be compliant be be a good boy, right like be a you've, good you 've been bad,
0: so now be a good boy right be a re, be ridiculously patient, all of those things, and I think that 's all really good like yes. that's that 's advice that I speak probably a hundred times a week, sure, and when we 're working with our men, at least in my men 's groups we 're really hi, highly focused on this idea of strength and masculinity and authenticity and and self respect and and sometimes I think there's a mixed message that we as treatment providers send. And and it led to a pretty big debate in my group this week, so I want to pose it to you Brandon, like where's the balance between showing humility and empathy and patience and having healthy boundaries and managing self-respect when you're the one who's done the betraying.
1: So there's no there's th- this is a trick question. And and as we talk about this Tyler, I think this could be a really important episode. Um, because there's no such thing as a balance, um, one actually supports the other, and they they help the other work together and but but it it gets really confusing um, and so what happens where where a guy who lacks a sense of self and has been living in his shame um, is all of a sudden told to uh, like be a good boy. Um, he goes into this compliance and usually he'll go into this compliance for a while. Like, okay, okay. I won't, I won't be sexual. I won't, um, I won't upset my wife. I won't do anything that I think God won't like. So I'll try to be the best that I possibly can. And then
0: what, what happens Tyler? Well, I think the problem is, is that part of it is, is that shame is still driving everything. And because shame is driving everything, it's not done with authenticity. It's not done with genuineness. And it's a skill set that a lot of people are still trying to learn. And it's kind of awkward and not very pretty. And, and oftentimes they get criticized for the practice that they're doing. Yeah. Um,
1: um, and so
0: it feels like there's a, it's, it's laced with a lot of like failure and shame.
1: Yeah, that's that's it. And so eventually they, they crack and they get really resentful and they kind of become this like, oh, you know what? Screw you then. Like, I can never please you. Um, I'm going to be boundary now. And I did that with quotation marks. I'm going to be like, I'm going to tell you who I really am now. Get ready because here I go. Right. And, and let's not confuse that for masculinity because that's not masculinity at all. Um, mm-hmm. that's just swinging the pendulum of the, of the shame screen. From moving toward your shame to moving against your shame. That's all that is. Mm-hmm. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with actual empathy and humility um, one way or the other. Um, being compliant and showing up weak is not humility. And being a jerk is not masculinity. Right? So this is where it gets so people get so confused. Because the fact of the matter is, is the more grounded I am with myself, the more I know who I am the more connected to God that I am, um, the, the easier it is for me to show up as a patient, humble, kind, empathetic man. Um, and, and in my strength and in my confidence show up in that place. Um,
0: so now your group is having this debate, say more about the debate. Like what are they saying? Okay. Let me give you an example and I'll kind of change some of the details here, but, um, I'll just give you a hypothetical, all right? But it would still get to the same principles. Um, let's say I have a man who's betrayed his wife, uh-huh. and she is having a moment where she's kind of gone into that fear, trauma response. Okay. And she comes to him, and she asks him a few questions, and he answers the questions. But then the questions keep coming, and they start getting into that kind of like – You know, detail, detail, detail kind of question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then he pushes back a little bit and says, I'm not sure this is going to take us anywhere. Good. Do we want to take a break? And she says, no, I deserve to know the answers. And then he kind of keeps answering. But then he just finally gets that point you're talking about and going like, this is stupid. Like, I'm not going to do this anymore and okay. then and then and then she might even go even as far as to criticize him or call him a name or even do something physical like throw something out like him or you,
1: something. you addict you this you um, that you, yeah
0: yeah whatever um so so the debate was this is you know say several members of my group look at it from the standpoint of well i'm the one who totally messed up i can see her trauma she just needs some space and i can hold that and like it's it, it's it's like the least I can do for her because of the pain that I've caused her okay and then the other part some the other parts of my group are saying like no at a certain point you need to end the conversation it's not okay to be criticized it's not okay to be called names it's not okay to be having something thrown at you and you're not doing any service for yourself or your wife if you stay at that point yeah um you need to stand up for yourself at a certain point you need to stand up for yourself yeah. and um and so you can see like so but, in my group, but does both sides have a have a truth to them? Well, I would definitely lean toward one side over the other with that.
1: Um, But it really de- depends on the energy in which it's done, the tone, the so so. Like I would lean toward have have your boundaries. Like it, you don't have to sacrifice yourself and take on abuse and take on all kinds of things because you've done bad things. That's not, In fact, that doesn't build trust because now you're not showing up as an authentic, honest human being. You're showing up as somebody who's willing to roll over and, and really manipulate the situation because you're not honest. But if you're going to show up and have those boundaries and say like, hey, I can't, I can't stay here if you're going to throw things at me. Um, I'm going I'm to have to leave, but I get why you want to throw things at me. Like I get why you're pissed off. I understand why you're triggered right now. And I'd love to talk to you about your triggers. Um, But if you're going to call me names and throw things at me, I won't be able to stay in that conversation, but I'm happy to listen. Right. So, so it's the tone it's so, but, but you can't have that type of empathy. Um, Empathy cannot exist without boundaries. And, And this is where, where that compliant weak side of things is such a farce. Because you are not loving your spouse by just being uh, Mr. nice guy. Um, you're not loving your spouse. in fact, you're making it impossible for you to actually be strong enough to empathize with her um, and and so the goal is 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 connection. the goal is empathy. Um, again, back to uh, what we said before if if I have those boundaries with the tone of, you know what, like your pain and your, your emotions and stuff are stupid and crazy and you'll never change and you're horrible and therefore I'm right because look how crazy you are. I'm not being empathetic either, right? Do, do you see it, Tyler? Can you see the, like that space of strength as a man that we can show up as um, to b- be both boundaried and empathetic at the same time?
0: Yeah, Brandon, I think I think where you're going is exactly why we wanted to do the episode. I, I want to figure out how to get there because because I would agree with you that, you know, we uh like this, I say this all the time to some of my clients. I say, look, you're not actually doing your partner a favor if you stay and perpetuate the drama that's going on. Like you're actually you're actually harming yourself and you're allowing her to harm herself at that point because Because you know, the the Buddhist, you know, one of the Buddhist premises is is that we're all so interconnected that you can't do harm to yourself or someone else without doing harm reciprocally to yourself or someone else, right? Um, and so, and so, if I so love that anytime that anytime that the drama triangle is present, it's really just not going to be effective for us to operate inside that drama either way, never, Um, but. But the hard thing with that is, and I think this is where like when shame is in the mix, is that shame takes the word boundaries and it approaches the boundaries like building a brick wall with harshness. Which is the opposite of boundaries. Which is, which is not healthy boundaries. Right. Empathy. Which, by the way, is taught by a lot of therapists and a lot of platforms. I got to say. Yeah. Yes. Right. Well, because, because that's the easy way to teach it because when you're not used to having set any boundaries, like anything feels foreign and it's going to be messy and ugly too. And so you start practicing and you don't quite get it right. And you, and you swing all the way looks, to that other end. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it looks harsh and rigid, but but the truth is, is that empathy is the source of the best boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But, but in order to get there, I also have to be able to deal with my shame. And so... So like on one hand, Gleen, P, pull the piece of truth out of this on the other side, Brandon, the guy who says, well, I've made, I've totally, I've totally screwed up and I deserve as much punishment as like, there's nothing she could do that could ever catch up to what I've done to her. Um, okay. There's a piece of truth in that.
1: I think that's garbage in a lot of ways. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, well, I, I actually think there's some truth in it too. You know, I've done some things in my relationship that I don't think my wife could ever match. She probably could, she won't though. Um, but with that is, but, but, but okay. What, so is penitence the way like is, is to beat yourself down the way? Sorry, I'm cutting you off. So that's no, that, that's the, that's the question, Brandon. So, so this is where I think we get mixed up is if you say that, there's going to be a listener right here at listening to us right now going like oh yep no longer do i have to be sorry for this anymore like you know well, in uh, the middle in the middle is where there should be some truth which is hey i've made some mistakes i can own those mistakes i feel terrible about those mistakes i want to change i want to get better i wish i could repair it um, and i can't stay in that penitent place for the rest of my life or else that won't serve but, you but, or but our Tyler, marriage but very Tyler, well hang either. On,
1: hang on. There's there's a this your example here, like there's this part of it that's just like bothering me. Yeah. And it's this in order for me to be sorry, I then have to give up my truths.
0: I then have to like be a doormat. I think uh, that's what most guys most of the guys that you see who have nailed the quote humility that's how they feel. That's not being vulnerable. That's being, okay, I'm sorry, so now
1: tell me what I am and what I have to do in order to make things okay, rather than being a vulnerable man who steps up and says, I'm sorry, and I'm going to be honest with you about who I am and where I'm at, um, but I am sorry. And that, that you can feel bad. You can feel regret. You can feel remorse and still have your masculinity. At the same time, um, th- those things coexist. They they can coexist.
0: You can you can also attempt the repairs where possible, even though a lot of the times it's this irreparable damage that we cause. I, you, and still keep your masculinity. You won't you won't do the repair work unless you have
1: that strength. Uh, you, you won't. Yeah. You can't. You'll do more damage um, by. Um, by being when you say penitent by being this, I'm so sorry, man. So therefore I have no idea who the heck I am. You'll do a lot more damage. Um, so, but, but yeah, but Tyler, I think <laughs> it's so funny as we talk back and forth on this. Um, and, and I'm sure our listeners can hear, I, in no way are we saying you then go to jerk mode where I have no feelings. I, I, you know, I got a really awesome call from a a friend of mine this week and, um, he, he lacked boundaries in his relationship for a long time. And then he got some mentoring and things that that told him, look, you're codependent with her. Um, you be happy, independent of her and not care much about her. She can deal with her own happiness, whatever. And you just tell her everything's perfect and you're dealing with you. Like, that's it. Like, and so he did that. Um, and And what where do you think it led him?
0: Um, he's probably alone right now
1: yeah it it, it led him down that road yeah. and, and and so it's he went to her and said, "I'm good, I don't need you. um I'm good on my own." but he, what, what he did is he went from be in a codependent relationship to an independent relationship and and didn't sit in that space of interdependency. Of I'm connected to you, I care about your feelings, I love you, but I do stand on my own two feet at the same time. Um, I feel with you, I, I empathize with you, that's what empathy is. I feel with you, and what I feel with you does influence me and my life and who I am. And I don't need to consume you um, for my self-worth. I don't need to consume you to know that I'm okay. And and so I'm very, very connected, and I'm very, very disconnected at the same time. And that's healthy attachment right there. And and that's where real masculinity um, can exist and real femininity on the other end can exist as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm thinking as you're talking, Brandon, like this is kind of an out there example, but I remember one time a guy came into uh, to group, this is several years ago, and he said, all right, fellas, I got a new bottom line. And we're like, okay, well, what's your bottom line? He's like, I no longer pee standing up. <laughs> and I, was, I said, What? And he's like, Yeah, I was talking to my wife, and it triggers her that I touch my penis when I stand up yeah. to pee. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna pee sitting down now. And and again, on the one hand, I love the dude for going like, Well, I really want to support my wife, but there's something inside of that, and I hope our listeners can hear that, that that isn't quite healthy, right? And he would have been he would have been better off if he would have been able to hold the space that he needed to by hearing his wife's pain, hearing that she was triggered. Yes. And and validating that she was hurting and understanding that this was a really hard process for her and then saying to her, you know, I, I don't think you have to worry about it when I go to the bathroom. I'm gonna to continue to stand up when I pee. Um, <laughs>
1: Hey Tyler, we get the question all the time, how do I get into your groups and how do I get the therapy that I need?
0: We frequently have groups starting in an online fashion so you can get help wherever you are in the world. You can find a group that will help you with the things that we talk about. Brandon, how do they find you? Liftforrecovery.com, you can get into my Lift group. It's a full
1: comprehensive group program both for betrayal trauma and sex addiction and it's
0: awesome so i'd love to have you there what about you tyler we run what's called a foundations of recovery group which is for both betrayal trauma and addiction as well all online and it covers the basics of recovery shame resiliency mindfulness a toolbox helping to cope with healing and also different kinds of communication and you can find that at lovestrong.com so there's options there's no excuse
1: now if you are ready to work recovery you can come work with me or you can come work with Tyler and you'll get the help you need at either one of our programs. So come and join us.
0: At lovestrong.com or, or liftforrecovery.com
1: This is this is a great metaphor, this story. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's
1: yeah. you know it, it reminds me of some of the emails that, that we get when we, we talk about um, how how we're all sexually attracted to multiple people. Right. And, mm-hmm. and some of the feedback that we've gotten is how dare you say that? Um, why would you ever say that on a podcast like this? And, and here's the reason is because we got to we got to live in reality. So uh, rather than, you know, you can go to 12 step meetings and group and say, shut off your sexuality, shut it off, shut it off, shut it off. And, and all you're doing, if you really, really, really try to shut it off is, is feeding it to come out in all kinds of, ways that you don't want it to come out. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, but this space of, okay, the reality is, is that's true. Um, we're sexually attracted to people. Um, with my partner, my spouse, am I strong enough to be honest with them? Even if it hurts them, even if there's pain there, Am I strong enough to manage my own self and not have to go lust and go off and do all this destructive behaviors in my life? And am I strong enough to be honest in in, in my relationship and empathetic to the pain that they have? Right. So, so that's what I'm talking about. This this space in, in of interdependency in a relationship. I can be honest with you. I can I can understand how me being sexually attracted to other women would affect you and how that would be hard for you. And I'm going to be honest with you at the same time. Therefore, I can build trust with you. I can I can build real trust with you. And if we build trust together, the next result of that is some pretty deep intimacy and some good connection. Um, and, and that's awesome. That's what we're going for, right? Um, but... You know i I see it all the time where we reject masculinity. we We are scared of it. and and Tyler, if you can speak to this a little bit, I've been in in circumstances with you where I, where I've seen this. In my experience, there's a there's a important part of masculinity that lives on the edge and and this edge feels dangerous both to the man, the masculine and to the feminine and uh, the, the edge. Um, if, if a man can is masculine enough to own that edge, to live there, then it, it breeds safety and connection to the feminine. If he won't live on that edge at all, and he's too scared to go out there, um, it leads to unsafety with the feminine and disconnection. Um, what, what do you think about what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, we, I refer to it as playing small, where when I see a man in recovery who refuses to accept the truth that he is a force for good, that he's a work in progress, that he has, you know, immeasurable value. And so he plays small and he calls it humility. Yes. That, that, that actually doesn't serve the big purpose. In the short term it feels comfortable. It feels comfortable for both because now the guy in shame can take his punishment and the betrayed partner can feel safer because she sees like this, quote, humility. And and that works for a short period of time, but at a certain point, if we're She's looking at- She's not feeling the, safer though. Yeah, if we're looking at the big picture, the long-term, and I've talked to several women who end up in this space after the, after that plays out for a while, they'll hit a wall in their relationship where she'll start to actually- disrespect him and resent him because he's weak. Yes. And, and, and what she's really wanting is she's wanting an equal partner. She's wanting someone that she can come to. I'll tell you this, like when early in our marriage this happened all the time. My wife would come to me and she'd say things, you know, and we'd, we'd get into like these disagreements. Eventually they'd turn into these little small arguments. And at that point I would just kind of like roll over and be like, ah, I don't want to fight with you. Yeah, you're right. Whatever, you know, mm-hmm. um, this and that and the other. And my wife would actually come to me after we did that a few times. And she'd say, Tyler, I just want somebody to fight with me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> knowing and your and wife, I, I can, yeah. it just makes you laugh. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: You know, and and what she was in essence, Man what she was up. really, Man yeah, up. in essence, what she was really saying was like she didn't want me to fight with her. She yeah. didn't want me to be a jerk. She didn't want me to like. But what she wanted was she wanted actually somebody to like. Be with stand you know? on your I, own not, two
1: feet a little bit. She doesn't
0: want to be my probation officer, she doesn't want to be my mom. She, even though she might feel safe because I'm always like, Oh, I'm so bad, I'll do whatever you want. What she really wants is, and I think this is true for most of the women that I work with, they want to be married to a man who is understanding of the principles that he needs to live by, and most of them overlap with honesty, humility, transparency, strength, character, all of that stuff. And they want a guy who's living those principles. Yes. And so at a certain point, you can't stay at the bottom of the barrel in order to manage everyone else's feelings. You have to step into your full true strength as a as a person, as a man. Um, well, I was well, listening but, to but, Tyler, I want to just say a little,
1: little side note. The reason why you don't the reason why you stay at the bottom of the barrel and you don't step into your full strength as a man is because you're scared of the feminine you're scared of your partner you're scared of your wife so if you're showing up
0: scared how much safety are you going to actually create in that relationship exactly where 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 do you have the opportunity to step in and offer strength when in 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 all reality you've been basically forcing your wife to be god for you and give you the answer that you're enough yes Um, She doesn't want that long-term. She can't answer that question anyway. She was never given that answer to give to you. Um, I was, this idea of strength, you know, and and danger a little bit, you're talking about, and I was listening to a a podcast by Jordan Peterson this week, and he had a really cool definition for meekness that I hadn't heard before. And it was something like this. He said, and, and by the way, meekness is one of the, like, coveted traits that i want more than anything i want meekness but he described it differently like we think of like oh he gets walked on he's a doormat he's just that and the other and jordan peterson said a man who is meek is a man who is capable of doing massive damage and chooses not to
1: Hmm, interesting
0: and uh and the idea behind that is is that he knows he can be dangerous he knows that inside that danger, there's actual power and there's mm-hmm. actually some goodness that comes with that danger. And then he chooses to harness it in a way that it makes the lives of other people around him better yes. instead of self-serving. Yes, and, um, and that's what I think we're getting at here is in order to step into that real understanding of who we are with our strength in a state of that definition of meekness, we have to be doing the work. To become resilient to the shame, which would otherwise either turn us into toxic masculinity or into yes men.
1: Yes. Uh, but I, Tyler, I, I love what you're saying. Um, you know, and we're talking about this danger. I think our uh, our sexuality is dangerous. Our need for adventure, um, our need for a battle to fight, to, to feel a sense of purpose, um, it, it, you know, the, to, to, to really experience those types of things, our need for love and intimacy, to experience those type of things, it, it requires stepping in on that edge. It requires vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, so a man who's always trying not to be vulnerable is a man who's living a deathless death. Uh, a man who's not living, who's not alive. there's not vibrance there. And so the feminine's not attracted to that. Um, and the, you know, there's this conundrum that a lot of the guys, you know, mid forties, early forties, late thirties that I work with are in. And, and it's this, this conundrum, they've gotten themselves in a pattern in their relationship where they have been the yes, man, they have been Mr. Nice guy. Um, they've looked to their, their wife to tell them who they are. Um, and they've done it for so long now. That there's a lot of uh, just uh, just a lot of lack of intimacy, passion, connection in their re- in their relationships. Um, there's just a lot of resentment, disconnection, mm-hmm. um, and but but here's the conundrum: is at this point in life, we've done this now for fifteen years, twenty years. If I step up and step into my honest truth with you, um, the the wife is now, she, she's not happy with the masculinity no. that she's gotten in the relationship, but she's also used to it now. And so when he steps up and he starts to be honest, it really triggers her. It's scary for her. Oh, big Right. Time. She wants to put him back into that box, but she doesn't want to, but she wants to.
0: Does, yeah. Does that... well, well, part of that is because at least, at least in the realm of work that we do, that dangerous side has actually caused a whole bunch of pain in the past.
1: Yeah, but that like, dangerous
0: side that that came
1: out sideways.
0: Yeah, well, it came out, but that's I think that's what you're getting at, though, is that there should. What I'm saying is, there's still there's still room to to be compassionate to that wife who's having a hard time with that transition because she's Absolutely. experienced firsthand the danger that you know that actually comes with those powers. And I think what you're saying, Brandon, is is that really. It takes both. It, it takes both. I was, I was listening to a, um, a researcher from Stanford this week uh, talking about like long-term relationships and intimacy. And then he also does research on cheating and infidelity and things. And he said the research is really interesting because for women... Who are looking for a short-term relationship, they truly do like the bad boy. They like the dangerous guy, yeah. the guy on the harley. they like the guy who's taking risks. they like the he said but when you when you actually assess women who are looking for the long-term relationship, they actually they actually let go of some of those dangerous things and they look for things more like patience and provision and kindness mm-hmm. and um and that's that's really what keeps the long term in play here. and I think as you're talking, I'm thinking, like, that's really what this work is about, is figuring out how to understand the danger, embrace the danger, and then be able to to, to wrap that danger with that set of principles that goes with the other side that can be long-term. Yes. You know, kindness, empathy, compassion, and... Like I still know who I am, yes, and, um, and, and integrity and honesty and all those other things. and and once once those things have, once the danger and the adventure and all that stuff, purpose, passion has direction, then it becomes a blessing in in the lives of your wife and the lives of your children, the lives of people around you. Um, but, but
1: Tyler, here's the fear. What if I what if I say you, okay, I've rejected myself most of my life. Uh, to comply with with my spouse, to to be a you know comply with my church, to comply with my therapist and my groups I've been going to that have all all been telling me that like you're you're dangerous and you're bad like don't you know just don't just be good just be good. So uh, what if I say okay like I, I'm done with that and I'm like I'm just gonna go be me. I'm gonna go find out who I really am. So we're talking like midlife crisis time, right? Mm-hmm. What if I find out that I don't want to be married? What if I find out that, um, I you know, I don't want to be a dad. I don't want to like, what if I find all those things out? What if I go, you know, be dangerous, so to speak. And that's what I, that's what comes up and comes out for me. Well,
0: I, again, there's a difference in being just dangerous and selfish and, and I think what you're describing, Brandon, is I would challenge any man that goes into that realm to say, okay, you're tapping into one part of your masculinity, but what about the other parts that are inevitably there as well? Things like purpose and passion and integrity and all of those things. And, um, and so I'd, I'd work with my client on those things first. But if he, at the end of the day, goes, that's exactly who I am and that's who I'm going to be, well, I hate to say this, but, but he should be as honest with that as he possibly can. So that the people around him can make decisions accordingly because it 's not fair for him to pretend that he 's not that I think Tyler it 's easy for you and I to say because honestly I can
1: in my in my just total honesty say that I know I was made to be a, a husband and a father like tops of my list i just in my to my core um it's it's my purpose more than anything um that so it's and, and I know you're the same way um so I think it's easy for us to say but um, because, you know, if, if, if we go out and we, we get dangerous and we look at who we really are, I, I already have. And the fact of the matter is, is this is who I am. I'm fighting for my family. I'm, that's what it's all about. But I heard Nick Saban talking once and he was like, I, I had to do, I, I have all this success and I had to do that. I had to sacrifice my family and really being my, my a father to my kids, um, in order mm-hmm. to do everything that I've done. And You know, we, we look at that and it's like, well, our first response is he shouldn't have. But I would, I would argue that God wants us to fulfill our purpose more than anything. Um, and, and for us to wrestle there with God to figure out what is that purpose? We're not doing our wives a favor if we're hanging around playing the part, pretending, um, if, if we got this part of us that's saying, that's not who
0: you are. Um, so, so I think it's, it's an interesting discussion. The the challenge to that, Brandon, is that when you're coming from a, a, the deep hole of shame, sometimes you're not fully in touch with all the parts of yourself either. And so to make
1: those decisions is not smart in that place. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't,
0: I wouldn't make those decisions from a place of fear, shame, doubt, whatever it's decisions or like screw you attitude. Yeah, (laughs) not that that either. It's like it's really, it's really the, it's really the man's equivalent of what I call the surrender moment when I'm talking with women about whether they should stay or go in their relationship, and they come to this place of peace and understanding, and almost like a a sure knowledge of like, oh, that's that's who I am. So if like Nick Saban goes between him and God, and God's like, you're supposed to be the best college coach of all time, and that's the reason you're on the earth. Well, then. Dang it, it's a tragedy that he didn't learn that sooner and he's going to have a massive wake of destruction on his family. But at the end of the day, he's living according to what that peace would be if that were the case. I would say that and oftentimes God might not actually say that to him. Who knows? You know, I, I know. It's like it's like uh, I read Shoe Dog, Phil Knight's story, mm-hmm. the Nike guy. Yeah, um, That book was crazy because at the end of the book, all the last chapter is just talking about all of the mistakes he made with his family and how much he's sad about that. Yeah. You know, and yet did God put him on did the face create of the he a lot. To, yeah, he created yeah, a lot. Yeah, I mean, he's basically altered the whole he's 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 had an impact literally on the entire world. Right. Um I don't know if it's for good or not, and we could argue that, but um but but luckily, Tyler, I mean, it's usually not one or the
1: other. It's not uh, in order to fulfill my purpose, I have to sacrifice my family. But the point we're making, I think, is for, you know, on that edge of honesty and masculinity is to, is to take it that far to wrestle with God, to figure out who am I truly? Um, what am I choosing into? Where's my agency here? Rather than this, this shame based, I don't know, know who I am compliance Compulsion. guy who, who lacks masculinity, can't create safety in his relationships. Um, to be willing to go to that edge, to to really feel that That's, vulnerability
0: is important. And I think you're right. And that's that's the pinch point for so many couples that we work with, is is that I hope whoever's listening to this understands that that what, what we really want is a man to grow fully into his true identity as a man of God. And in order to do that, he will have to come to peace with some of the dangerous parts of himself and he'll have to embrace some of those parts. And he might even get some other purposes that he's scared of or that his wife doesn't like, and he's got to embrace those things. And in the long term that's that's what we want is we want to be in a relationship with somebody who is living their full potential and their full passion and, and who happens to also overlap enough with our direction. And yep. and if we're both living with integrity, then that's where the deeper like you know the deeper level of intimacy and connection and loyalty and and love and trust really come come into their own. Yeah. I just think Tyler wh- why we've had this discussion and I I love how it got brought
1: up in your group and we've kind of taken it here. But I think this is is a huge missing link um when we talk about models of treatment and recovery and um it's so I I hear so many stories of treatment programs, models, therapists, even certain 12-step groups, um, church groups that do the opposite work of what we've talked about today um, because it's the safe, you know, of God, righteous, humble thing to to do. Um, And and, and the tricky part, Tyler, is it looks good. It looks like this is the good thing to do. Yeah, it causes destruction because it's fear based,
0: it's shame based, it creates more fear, it creates more shame. Yeah. Okay. So, just so I have it in crystal clear language, so my listeners, I could even maybe share this clip with my group. I'm going to ask you some questions. I just want yes or no's. Okay. Okay. I'll try to keep it at a yes or no. You know me. No. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yes or no. That's all you get is a yes or no. Okay. Okay. (laughs) As a man, Should I show up with patience and empathy for my wife? Yes. As a man, should I be sensitive to my wife's feelings and try to hold space for her? Yes. As a man, should I own the things that I've done wrong? Yes. As a man, should I keep my self-respect and hold healthy boundaries? Yes. As a man, should I strive for an understanding of who I am in God's eyes and live accordingly. Yes. There you go. Okay. So, so in in reference to the question that we started with today, the answer isn't either or, it's all of the above. Yeah. Your group your group, sorry guys if you're listening to this, you'll be
1: arguing forever. Because because <laughs> you're both right and you and you both probably misunderstand it a little bit what you're arguing for. Um so this is why masculinity is so important and just as important as the masculine side is the feminine side. And we haven't talked about that today as much. And I'd love to have another conversation with you, Tyler, about how that femininity side fits into this equation because it's it's the other half of it. It's really mm-hmm. important as well. and when the masculine lives on the edge really really stands in his strength knows who he is and the feminine comes in with all of her glory and and beauty um it's that that's that's where recovery is that's where that's what we all want so um maybe we
0: can have another discussion tyler and talk about the the other side next time that'd be great all right. I know I know that this episode is probably going to get some people feeling all sorts of different ways and have all sorts of other questions. So if you have questions and you want to come on the show, go to realtalkrecovery.com or therapybrothers.com and sign up to be a caller or even submit a question in writing. And uh, if you're listening to this podcast and you found something to be helpful to you and you know it would be helpful with somebody else, please share it. All right, guys. Have a good day. See ya.